Section 15 of A Holy Life, The Beauty of Christianity by John Bunyan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 15. How much, therefore, is the tender-hearted, and he that laboreth to beautify his profession with a gospel conversation, bound to bless God for the salt of his grace, by the which his heart is seasoned, and from his heart his conversation. Second, as such Christians should bless God, so let them watch, let them still watch, let them still watch and pray, watch against Satan, and pray yet for more grace, that they may yet more and more beautify their profession of the worthy name of Christ with a suitable conversation. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garment, that is, his conversation clean. Nor is there anything, save the overthrowing of our faith, that Satan seeketh more to destroy. He knows holiness in them that rightly, as to doctrine, name the name of Christ, is a maul and destruction to his kingdom, an allurement to the ignorant, and a cutting off those occasions to stumble that by the dirty life of a professor is laid in the way of the blind. Leviticus 19.14 He knows that holiness of lives, when they shine in those that profess the name of Christ, doth cut off his lies that he seeketh to make the world believe, and slanders that he seeketh to fasten upon the professors of the gospel. Wherefore, as you have begun to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, so I beseech you, do it more and more. Third, to this end, shun those professors that are loose of life and conversation. From such withdraw thyself, saith Paul, and follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 1 Timothy 6.5, 2 Timothy 2.22 If a man... If a good man takes not good heed to himself, he shall soon bring his soul into a snare. Loose professors are defilers and corruptors. A man shall get nothing but a blot by having company with them. Isaiah 1, 4 Besides, as a man shall get a blot by having much to do with such, so let him beware that his heart learn none of their ways. Let thy company be the excellent in the earth even those that are excellent for knowledge and conversation. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Be content to be counted singular, for so thou shalt, if thou shalt follow after righteousness, in good earnest, for holiness is a rare thing now in the world. I told thee before that it is foretold by the word that in the last days perilous times shall come and that men shall walk after their own lusts, yea, professors, to their destruction. Nor will it be easy to keep thyself therefrom. But even as when the pestilence is come into a place, it infecteth and casteth down the healthful. So the iniquity of the last times will infest and pollute the godly. I mean the generality of them. Were but our times duly compared with those that went before, we should see that which now we are ignorant of. Did we but look back to the Puritans, but especially to those that, but a little before them, suffered for the word of God, in the Marian days, we should see another life that is now among men, another manner of conversation, 
that now is among professors. But, I say, predictions and prophecies must be fulfilled. And since the word says plainly that in the last days there shall come scoffers walking after their own lusts, Second Peter 3.17, and since the Christians shall be endangered thereby, let us look to it that we acquit ourselves like men, seeing we know these things before, lest we, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from our own steadfastness. Singularity and godliness, if it be in godliness, no man should be ashamed of, for that is no more than to be more godly, than to walk more humbly with God than others. And, for my part, I had rather be a pattern and example of piety. I had rather that my life should be instructing to the saints, and condemning to the world, with Noah and Lot, than to hazard myself among the multitude of the drossy. I know that many professors will fall short of eternal life, and my judgment tells me that they will be of the slovenly sort of professors that so do. And for my part, I had rather run with the foremost and win the prize, than come behind and lose that, and my labor and all. If a man also strive for masteries, yet he, is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. And when men have said all they can, they are truly redeemed, that are zealous of good works. 1 Corinthians 9.24, 2 Timothy 2.4 and 5, Titus 2.14. Not that works do save us, but faith, which layeth hold on Christ's righteousness for justification, sanctifies the heart, and makes men desirous to live in this world, to the glory of that Christ who died in this world to save us from death. For my part, I doubt of the faith of many, and fear that it will prove no better at the day of God than will the faith of devils, for that it standeth in bare speculation, and is without life and soul to that which is good. Where is the man that walketh with his cross upon his shoulder? Where is the man that is zealous of moral holiness? Indeed, for those things that have nothing of the cross of the purse, or of the cross of the belly, or of the cross of the back, or of the cross of the vanity of household affairs. For those things I find we have many, and those very busy sticklers, but otherwise the cross, self-denial, charity, purity in life and conversation, is almost quite out of doors among professors. But, man of God, do thou be singular as to these, and as to their conversation. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, Ephesians 5, 7, in any of their ways, but keep thy soul diligently, for if damage happeneth to thee, thou alone must bear it. But he that will depart from iniquity must be well fortified with faith and patience and the love of God, for iniquity has its beauty spots and its advantages attending on it. Hence it is compared to a woman for it allureth greatly. Zechariah 5.7 Wherefore, I say, he that will depart therefrom, had need have faith, that being it which will help him to see beyond it, and that will shew him more in things that are invisible, that can be found in sin. 
were it ten thousand times more entangling than it is. 2 Corinthians 4.18 He has need of patience, also to hold out in this work of departing from iniquity. For, indeed, to depart from that is to draw my mind off from that, which will follow me with continual solicitations. Samson withstood his Delilah for a while, but she got the mastery of him at the last. Why so? Because he wanted patience. He grew angry and was vexed, and could withstand her solicitation no longer. Judges sixteen fifteen through 17 Many there be also that can well enough be contented to shut sin out of doors for a while. But because sin has much fair speech, therefore it overcomes at last. Proverbs 7.21 for sin and iniquity will not be easily said, nay, it is like her of whom you read. She has a whore's forehead, and refuses to be ashamed. Jeremiah 3.3 3. Wherefore, departing from iniquity is a work for length, as long as life shall last. A work, did I say? It is a war, a continual combat. Wherefore, he that will adventure to set upon this work must needs be armed with faith and patience. A daily exercise he will find himself put upon by the continual attempts of iniquity to be putting forth itself. Matthew 24.13 Revelations 3.10 This is called an enduring to the end, a continuing in the word of Christ, and also a keeping of the word of his patience. But what man in the world can do this whose heart is not seasoned with the love of God and the love of Christ? Therefore, he that will exercise himself in this work must be often considering of the love of God to him in Christ. For the more sense or apprehension a man shall have of that, the more easy and pleasant will this work be to him. Yea, though the doing thereof should cost him his heart's blood, thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, says David, and I have walked in thy truth. Psalms 26.3 Nothing like the sense, sight, or belief of that to the man of God to make him depart from iniquity. But what shall I do? I cannot depart therefrom as I should. Keep thine eye upon all thy shortnesses, or upon all thy failures, for that that is profitable for thee. One, the sight of this will make thee base in thine own eyes. Two, it will give thee occasion to see the need and excellency of repentance. Three, it will put thee upon prayer to God for help and pardon. Four, it will make thee weary of this world. Five, it will make grace to persevere the more desirable in thine eyes. Also, it will help thee in the things which follow. 1. It will make thee see the need of Christ's righteousness. 2. It will make thee see the need of Christ's intercession. 3. It will make thee see thy need of Christ's advocateship. 4. It will make thee see the riches of God's patience. 5. It will make heaven and eternal life the sweeter to thee when thou comest there. But to the question, get more grace, for the more grace thou hast, the further is thine heart set off of iniquity. 
the more also set against it, and the better able to depart from it when it cometh to thee, tempteth thee, and entreats thee for entertainment. Now the way to have more grace is to have more knowledge of Christ, and to pray more fervently in his name. Also, to subject thy soul and thy lusts with all thy power to the authority of that grace thou hast, and to judge and condemn thyself most heartily before God, for every secret inclination that thou findest in thy flesh to sinward. The improvement of what thou hast is that, as I may say, by which God judges how thou wouldest use, if thou had it, more and according to that so shalt thou have, or not have, a farther measure. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful, and will be so also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is, and will be, unjust also in much. I know Christ speaks here about the unrighteous mammon, but the same may be applied also unto the thing in hand. Luke sixteen ten through 12 and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will commit unto you that which is your own? That is a remarkable place to this purpose in the revelation. Behold, saith he, I have set before thee an open door, that thou mayest have what thou wilt, as was also said to the improving woman of Canaan. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Revelations 3.8, Matthew 15.28 A good improvement of what we have of the grace of God at present pleases God, and encourages Him to give us more. But an ill improvement of what we at present have will not do so. To him that hath, that hath an heart to improve what he hath, to him shall be given. But to him that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Matthew twenty five twenty four through thirty, well weigh the place and you shall find it so. I know that to depart from iniquity, so as is required, that is to the utmost degree of the requirement, no man can, for it is a copy too fair for mortal flesh exactly to imitate, while we are in this world. But with good paper, good ink, and a good pen, a skilful and willing man may go far. And it is well for thee, if thy complaint be sincere, to wit, that thou art troubled, that thou canst not forsake iniquity as thou shouldest. For God accepteth of thy design and desire, and it is counted by him as thy kindness. Proverbs 19.22 But if thy complaint in this matter be true, thou wilt not rest nor content thyself in thy complaints, but wilt as he that is truly hungry or greatly burdened useth all lawful means to satisfy his hunger and to ease himself of his burden, use all thy skill and power to mortify and keep them under by the word of God. Nor can it otherwise be but that such a man must be a growing man. Every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. John fifteen two. Such a man shall not be a stumbling in religion, nor a scandal to it in his calling, but shall, according to God's ordinary way with his people, be a faithful and flourishing bough. And I would to God this were the sickness of all them that profess in this nation, for then should we soon have a new leaf turned over 
in most corners of this nation. Then would graciousness of heart and life and conversation be more prized, more sought after, and better improved and practiced than it is. Yea, then would the throats of ungodly men be better stopped, and their mouths faster shut up, as to their reproaching of religion, than they are. A Christian man must be the object of the envy of the world, but it is better, if the will of God be so, that we be reproached for well-doing than for evil. First Peter 2.3 If we be reproached for evil-doing, it is our shame, but if for well-doing, it is our glory. If we be reproached for our sins, God cannot vindicate us. But if we be reproached for a virtuous life, God himself is concerned, will espouse our quarrel, and in his good time will shew our foes our righteousness, and put them to shame and silence. Briefly, a godly life annexed to faith in Christ is so necessary that a man that professes the name of Christ is worse than a beast without it. But thou wilt say unto me, Why do men profess the name of Christ that love not to depart from iniquity? I answer, there are many reasons for it. 1. The preaching of the gospel, and so the publication of the name of Christ, is musical and very taking to the children of men. A Savior, a Redeemer, a loving, sin-pardoning Jesus. What better words can come from man? What better melody can be heard? Son of man, said God to the prophet, Lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song, or as a song of loves, of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument. Ezekiel thirty three thirty two, The gospel is a most melodious note and sweet tune to any that are not prepossessed with slander, reproach, and enmity against the professors of it. Now, its melodious notes being so sweet, no marble, if it entangle some, even of them that yet will not depart from iniquity, to take up and profess so a lovely profession. But, two, there are a generation of men that are and have been frightened with the law, and terrified with fears of perishing for their sins, but yet have not grace to leave them. Now, when the sound of the gospel shall reach such men's ears, because there is by that made public the willingness of Christ to die for sin, and of God to forgive them for his sake, therefore they presently receive and profess those notions as the only ones that can rid them from their frights and terrors falsely resting themselves content with the faith thereof, which standeth in naked knowledge, yea, liking of that faith best that will stand with their pride, covetousness, and lechery, never desiring to hear of practical holiness, because it will disturb them. Wherefore, they usually cast dirt at such, calling them legal preachers. 3. Here also is a design of Satan set on foot, for these carnal gospelers are his tares, the children of the wicked one, those that he hath sowed among the wheat of purpose, if possible, that that might be rooted up by beholding and learning to be vile and filthy of them. Matthew thirteen thirty six through 43 4. Another cause hereof is this. The hypocrites that begin to profess find as bad as themselves already in a profession of this worthy name, and think they, these do so and so, and therefore so will I. 5. 
This comes to pass also through the righteous judgment of God, who, through the anger that he has conceived against some men for their sins, will lift them up to heaven before he casts them down to hell, that their fall may be the greater and their punishment the more intolerable. Matthew eleven twenty through 24 I have now done, when I have read to you my text over again, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. End of section 15 Recording by Scarlet, Louisiana End of A Holy Life, The Beauty of Christianity by John Bunyan